You're listening to the Better With Books podcast, a weekly podcast for entrepreneurs looking to bridge the gap between reading for business and reading for fun. I'm your host, Kate Hollis, conversion copywriter and part-time librarian, ready to guide you toward finding meaningful, actionable insights into yourself, your clients, and your business through works of fiction and creative nonfiction. Join me each week to discuss a new title from genres ranging from fantasy to romance and everything in between. Unconventional? Definitely. But that's where the good stuff is. Think of this as your own personal on-demand book club, one where reading the book is 100% optional and all are welcome. Come for the book recommendations and stay for the inspiration because I think you'll find that your business and your life will be better with books. Hi there. Thanks for joining me for episode 12 of Better With Books. If you're new around here, you can think of this show as an on-demand book club for entrepreneurs. We are reading fiction and finding unexpected inspiration to apply to our day-to-day lives in our businesses. The podcast has been out in the world for a little over two months at this point, and last week I put out the call for listeners to submit book recommendations and podcast guests, and did you ever deliver? I am having so much fun reviewing your submissions, and my to-be-read list is getting real long, (laughs) but um, that's a good problem to have. So if you are a business owner and you would like to join me to talk about your love of a particular non-business book and how it impacts you in your work, go to katehollis.co slash podcast to drop me a line. Okay, so the topic of this week's episode is different than I originally planned for when I read the book that we're going to be talking about. But that's what's so great about books because the longer you sit with them, the more that starts to unfold within you when you allow it to linger. So the topic of this episode is trigger warnings. So specifically, like, what are they? When's it appropriate to use them? And do they have a place in your brand messaging? And the book that inspired this topic is a novel called The Reading List by Sarah Nisha Adams. And so I mentioned, you know, this is super different from what I had originally noted as a topic for this episode. And I originally wanted to talk about, you know, connecting with your audience through shared interests. But I realized that, you know, many other books could invite that same conversation. And I decided to wait until one of those came along. Because when I started working on the outline for this episode, you know, like usual, I was listing out the key points for the book summary, and I found myself noting a few potential trigger warnings. And I had this definite, like, record scratch moment where I just stopped. And I realized that maybe half the time in recording these episodes of Better With Books, do I include trigger warnings, things that I think certain readers would want to know about before deciding to read the book. And so I sat with that. 
you know, like this is something that for some reason I felt compelled to do. And I wanted to stop and really think about why. And so when you pick up the reading list, you wouldn't necessarily expect it to be the kind of book that might include topics that rise to the level of being trigger worthy. Uh, the reading list came out like a, about a year ago, late summer 2022. It's the author's first novel, and it is so good. I loved this book. And picking it up was a no-brainer for me because it's my favorite type of book, which are books about books. <laughs> so it's like, you know, not a genre in the way that like fantasy or historical fiction or genre is, but, you know, if... I find a book that is set in a library or a bookstore or involves some kind of like mysterious book, like I am in. No convincing needed, just like take my money. <laughs> and so the reading list is the story of an unlikely friendship between an old widower and a troubled young teenage girl who works at the local library. So Mukesh is an old man who is living alone in West London after losing his wife to cancer. And this man loved his wife and is totally and completely adrift without her. He barely leaves his apartment and is starting to come to terms with all of the things that he doesn't know how to do because his wife took care of it for him. You know, things like navigating social situations, basic housekeeping items, cooking, things like that. He has three grown daughters, some grandchildren, and they are a daily presence in his life, like regularly checking in and bringing him food. But he's really not doing much living until one day when he's going through his wife's belongings and he finds an old library book that she never returned. It's a copy of The Time Traveler's Wife. And Mukesh, who is not much of a reader, decides to read it. And he finds himself in that story and he feels close to his wife in reading it. And so he decides that not only is he going to bring the book back to the library, but he's going to try to find other books that his wife liked so that he can continue to feel this connection with her through something that she loved. So... Mukesh gets himself out of the house to the bus stop and thanks to the kindness of strangers manages to get to his local library where he meets Alicia. Alicia is a teenager whose brother got her this summer job at the library and she is just not into it at all. Like customer service is not her thing. And we eventually learn that Alicia's home life is pretty tough she and her brother both have pretty much given up their youth to be full-time caregivers for their severely depressed mother. So the first time that Alicia and Mukesh meet, Alicia is just not nice to him. And she acts so inconvenienced and so dismissive and rude that Mukesh becomes flustered and upset and he just bolts. And she feels pretty bad about it and wants to figure out a way to make it right. So as she's checking books back in and thinking about, you know, what she can do, 
a slip of paper falls out of one of the books. And it's a piece of paper that says at the top, the reading list. And it's a list of 10 books with just one phrase at the top that says, just in case you need it and nothing else. So Alicia decides that she can help Mukesh find more books to read, but she's not much of a reader herself either, and she doesn't really know where to start. So she serendipitously has this list, and she goes to the first one on it, which is To Kill a Mockingbird. She checks it out, orders a copy for Mukesh as well, and the next time he comes into the library, the two of them talk about it. And this continues, like Alicia makes her way down the list, sharing each one with Mukesh. And these two lonely people start to form a friendship. And they see each other through some pretty difficult situations. Like Mukesh has a hard time setting boundaries with his adult daughters and in trying to expand his social circle. Alicia has a romantic interest that she doesn't quite know what to do about, and she really struggles to, you know, manage her mother's mental health. And together, Alicia and Mukesh, you know, they grow to love books and they grow to love the library. And they're growing alongside each other as people because of both. And, you know, as the book goes along, it's clear that the library is at risk of closing. So the two of them like rally this movement and an effort to save the library. And eventually they also discover who is behind the mysterious reading list. And this is just a universally appealing book. Like I can't think of anyone I wouldn't recommend it to, especially if they love books. But there are some people that I would initially recommend it to with a caveat. And those are people who I know might find certain parts difficult to read based on their own personal experiences. So specifically, like anyone who's lost a loved one to suicide or cancer. Like this book does not shy away from the raw emotion of heartbreak. And, you know, even though the summary on the back of the book indicated that the characters deal with grief, I still just didn't totally anticipate how emotionally difficult I would find this book. And I caught myself preparing to warn you about it. (laughs) And I've done this several other times, too, in other episodes. And now that I'm recognizing this pattern, I'm trying to understand, like, this thing clearly is. And, you know, as a business owner, there are more places than you might expect that a trigger warning might come up. Like anywhere you're using storytelling to showcase your brand, whether it's on social media or a blog post or a podcast, you might be sharing a personal story from your own life or something you witnessed, you know, maybe making commentary about something in the news or sharing your political views. A trigger warning is essentially a heads up that, hey, like I'm going to talk about something that might upset you. So the hard question that I found myself asking 
is like, is it really my place to protect other people from information that might be difficult for them to read or hear? Like collectively, and especially in the entrepreneur community, there's so much emphasis on like reworking your thoughts and like positive reframing. And oftentimes this is used as a way to like avoid discomfort or to alleviate suffering. And this is kind of a foreign concept to me personally because hanging out with the deep dark feelings is it's just how I roll. You know, it's like I take it as a challenge to see how deeply I can feel and how much pain I can experience. And if that sounds messed up, it's because it definitely is <laughs> and is something that I actively try not to do. But I recognize that, you know, not only is this not healthy for me, this way of being is totally baffling to most people. So if I find myself feeling all the feels when I'm reading a book and I start to go down that road of like bottomless emotion, it's almost like there's this little warning bell that goes off and says, you are now entering big scary feeling territory. And I just make this mental note to warn other people. But like, is that really my place? And, you know, in doing so, am I overstepping and coloring the other person's perception of what I'm trying to share? It's almost like if you go to the doctor and say like, oh, I have this pain, but like maybe it's just stress. Like the doctor, you know, in examining you would probably have already made up their mind. It's just human nature to be oriented toward confirmation bias. Like you told me that this thing was true. And so my brain is naturally going to look for evidence that confirms that and will overlook everything else. So, you know, not only is this about me allowing someone in my audience to experience my content on their own terms, it becomes a matter of determining when a trigger warning is generally appropriate. And if discussing trigger warning worthy topics is relevant to my brand. So here's kind of where I landed. Universally, I do think it's an act of compassion to like preface a post or a conversation with a warning if you're talking about an objectively difficult topic like suicide, loss of a child, gun violence. You don't necessarily have to call it a trigger warning. In fact, it's probably best that you don't. You know, something like, you know, heads up folks, like this is a tough topic we're talking about here. So if sexual assault is a difficult topic for you to read about, you know, maybe save this post for another time or something like that. And second, it's worth taking an inventory of how often you're sharing kind of like trigger warning level topics. And then A, if you want that to be central to your messaging and B, if it's really that necessary given how often you're doing it and how open you are about certain topics. So for example, if you're following an account of someone who does somatic healing, 
which are often used to treat people with trauma histories, you know, that person's audience audience can reasonably expect that that person's going to talk about certain topics and then determine for themselves how and if to engage. And when it comes to topics that aren't in this realm of like loss or harm, but maybe you're more so about polarizing topics, a heads up or a warning is almost like a veiled apology. Like, oops, I'm about to talk about something that might make you uncomfortable, but only because like maybe you'll disagree or decide you feel differently about my brand. So if that's the case, I think you have two options. So, you know, one is to tell yourself it's okay to just not go there. Like, I'm a big believer in talking openly about your beliefs and value systems in your brand because you'll attract like-minded clients, but you have to feel very secure in those beliefs for it to work. Like, as business owners, we have a platform, for better or worse, to share our opinions, and that can do good. But there are so many ways to affect change that if it doesn't fit into your brand, then that's okay too. It's easy to feel pressure to go there, but you don't have to. And when it comes to storytelling in your brand, especially if it's about your own personal story, it's about making sure that the audience sees themselves in it. And what that means is being able to keep your own feelings in check and remembering that not everyone will react the same way as you to a particular item. And that they also have the right to have their own reactions without entering into it with a specific expectation. You know, you still have control over the topic, how you want to engage with it, how it ties into your overall brand. But being like overly enthusiastic about trigger warnings means that you run the risk of telling your audience how to feel. And in my experience as a copywriter, that almost always backfires. Like, I'm going to be honest, like these are murky waters for me because it's important to me as a human to be sensitive and compassionate, but I can do that in a way that respects that people are strong and resilient and can decide for themselves when to stop reading or listening because that's what trigger warnings essentially are. They are a stop sign. But, you know, running with that analogy, just like when we're driving, like we have no choice when we are on the road to proceed with a sense of trust that other people are just going to follow the rules and be safe. And all we can do is keep our eyes on the road and do the same. God, I am such a writer. <laughs> like I just can't help myself when it comes to analogies. Anywho. So, you know, while there are some very heartbreaking topics in this book, it is just a lovely piece of fiction that I would not want to stop anyone from reading, even if there are some topics that, you know, are hard. Sometimes that is what makes a book worth reading, too. So if you would like to purchase a copy and decide for yourself how you feel, um, you can click the affiliate link in my show notes, which also allows you to support the show at the same time. 
And also in the show notes, you will find a link to a form where you can submit suggestions for books that I should read and apply to be a guest on the show. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Better With Books podcast. If you like what you heard, please share with friends, fellow entrepreneurs, anyone who loves to read and share books. You could leave a review on your preferred streaming platform so that this podcast can be found by other people who love books as much as we do. You can also support the show by purchasing the titles I discuss using my affiliate links, which you can find in the show notes. The books I discuss on the Better With Books podcast are not sponsored by any third parties. I just pick them because I like them. All opinions are my own. Join me again next Friday to nerd out about another book and email me at kate at betterwithbookspodcast.com to let me know what you think about today's episode and anything else you might like me to talk about in the future. Until next time.